0: Welcome to episode five of Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. Today's episode is all about using Instagram to grow our businesses and do good in the world. And I have to say, it is pure gold. My guest today is Chris Emmer of Sweaty Wisdom. Chris is a social media strategist and the founder of Sweaty Social Club, a community for business owners who want to make Instagram easy and fun again. Chris is a breath of fresh air when it comes to social media. Her approach is human and heart-centered and is about creating a strategy that fits easily into your life and makes you and those around you feel good. In this episode, we talk about growing our audience with social media, what metrics we should pay attention to, getting to know our ideal customer, creating content for Instagram, how to preserve your mental health and set boundaries with social media and ways that you can do good through your social media presence and beyond. This episode is so valuable. You'll see as we get into it, but Chris just shares so many strategies and action items and tips that you can go immediately implement and start to see results. And she has an amazing resource that she's offering free to making good listeners. Keep listening for more on that. I know that you're going to love Chris as much as I do. So I won't keep this interview from you any longer. Chris, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, Lauren. Thanks so much for having me. So I introduced you a bit in the introduction to the podcast, but could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business, what you do? And I also want to know the story behind Sweaty Wisdom. How did we name this?
1: Oh, goodness gracious. (laughs) Okay. So uh, I'm Chris, if I have M.I.U. Hi. Um, and Sweaty Wisdom is my business. What we do is we make Instagram fun and easy for business owners. We do that through online trainings and creating community. So my big thing is uh, simplifying Instagram, making it something that you can fit into your life instead of the other way around where you're trying to um, like make your Instagram account match some posting frequency that makes you feel like garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all about making it simple, making it easy so you can feel good about it and show up with really great energy. Love. Love. And why is it sweaty? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) sweaty wisdom. I could go like on a rampage talking about this. Originally, the name came from the fact that I was receiving the most clarity surrounding how I wanted to move forward with my life during hot yoga choosing Mm -hmm. the direction that I wanted to move forward. And when I knew I wanted to go off on my own and start my own business was really scary. But I would have these moments during, you know, just a dripping sweat half moon or like holding Eagle for 10 breaths and being so mad about it. I would have these little moments of clarity where I knew exactly what to do. (laughs) And eventually following those little moments of clarity, that sweaty wisdom is what brought me to my end. It's what brought me to where I am now, um, which I'm really grateful for. And then I've thought of a lot of other ways that sweaty wisdom applies. So like sweat, I think is uh, is it, it's a word that I love because I think that to say that you're sweaty is to say that you're human. It's like just dropping coolness at the door and being like, I am sweaty. I am nervous. I'm showing up anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm doing the work. I'm just a real person. And I think wisdom is like the um, opposite side of that. So I think that when the two come together, it's this really interesting dynamic and it's also just super memorable.
0: Yeah, it totally is. You are an Instagram strategist. So what brought you to that? Like, what's your background before this, this gig?
1: Mm, I've been all over the map. Um, Like, like a lot of us who end up running our own businesses, my path has never been linear. Um, It's Mm -hmm. been a lot of like scary, weird decisions that came from my gut. When I was growing up, I was obsessed with like album covers and um like cd cases and record covers and just like the juxtaposition of words and imagery was always fascinating to me so i went to college for graphic design obviously there's the two things coming together mm-hmm. uh, art and copy and so after i got my degree in graphic design i got a job at an advertising agency it was like um corporate america working on huge accounts. I started working my way up the ladder, doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing in order to check your boxes and, you know, be a good girl. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) I, I found myself being more and more excited by strategy. I've always loved art and copy and I always will. Um, but the strategy behind it was what really got my rocks off. So, um, when digital media and social media started happening. It was a great time for me as someone whose career was budding in advertising to step in and to really own that space. Um, And then eventually, this is a lot like your story, Lauren. I just, Mm -hmm. it just wasn't a match. Corporate America wasn't a match for me. Yeah. So that was a big leap of faith. Um, But that's how I ended up here.
0: Awesome. Well... This episode is going to be focused on Instagram because you are an Instagram magician. Um, <laughs> and just for some context, I, um, I've i worked with Chris before. I've done the InstaGrowth immersion, which is like a sort of boot camp on kind of rethinking the way you approach Instagram and doing it really thoughtfully. And then I'm now in her accountability group called Sweaty Social Club. So fun, um, which she might talk a little bit more about later. But you know there's so many people who do instagram stuff um but i feel like chris you have such a unique approach that's about quality and it's it's about like starting from scratch and thinking about what would, what would someone want to see what would they get value out of rather than just like okay I have a picture in my camera roller. I found a stock image. Like it's, it's just so much more thoughtful, I guess, is what I want to say. Overall, the question that I want us to answer today is how we can use Instagram to grow our business. So when it comes to this podcast, that means growing it in revenue. So making more money and also making a bigger impact. So how do we do that?
1: Super easy. Just follow this (laughs) formula. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And that's probably like the most frustrating thing about it is because it is so not one size fits all. And it's so not like copy and paste this script and it'll work for every single business. It has to be as unique and customized as you, which is a pain in the ass. And it's not what people want to hear, but it's the truth. And it's what will lead you to an account that first and foremost feels good for you. Then that Mm -hmm. translates out. So when you feel good about what you're doing and what you're posting, that energy comes through in the content that you create. It's going to feel good for the people that you're connecting with, which in turn, we've got all these good vibes going on, is going to lead to business growth with people who you can help the most, with people who resonate and are perfectly aligned with your product or service. So in the most roundabout way to say, it's totally customized and totally different for every single person. But I think um, getting clarity on why you're there, what you want to do, and who you want to connect with. And also what you have to say is the first step always. Again, the most pain in the ass. No one's favorite thing to hear, but the
0: truth. Mm -hmm. So one thing you talk a lot about is finding your ideal customer and making sure that you're talking very specifically to them. For us, let's... Imagine a small business owner who's kind of just starting out and, you know, maybe they make some kind of jewelry or they have a craft business, let's say. Where would they start in terms of finding this person? How do they learn about this person? What kind of data points should they be looking to collect? Is it like age? Where do they live? Like, what do we need to know about our ideal customer when it comes to Instagram and talking in a way that's like really targeted toward them?
1: hmm. Yeah, so I think you touched on a few things that are so spot on. Like the, it needs to be really targeted. If we aren't talking to someone specifically, no one's going to hear it. I think that just mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is that there's so much freaking content out there. There are so many people on Instagram, so many people creating things that we need to talk specifically to a certain person, or else no one's gonna. It's not going to land on anyone. It's like when you walk down the shampoo aisle and you're like, "Should I buy Pert Plus?" two in one, or should I buy, you know, this perfectly formulated for blondes with color treated hair, that's fine and live in the Midwest, you know, like, I'm always gonna buy the more specific one, because I feel like, oh, my gosh, they get me. And so Mm -hmm. what we want people to do is feel like they're understood, like, like we get them. And the way that we get them to feel that way is not a trick. It's not smoke and mirrors. It's by actually understanding them. So one of the ways to do this is to just talk to real people in real life. So if you have someone who has, let's say, let's go back to your example, say I'm a jewelry business and I have made like five sales out of those five sales, which person from that mix are you like, oh my gosh, that felt great. That was the perfect person. They got their earrings. They took a boomerang on Instagram. They tagged you. They told some friends like it just went perfect. Mm Mm-hmm. Talk to that person. You can talk to them like on the phone. You can talk to them in real life or you can just check them out on Instagram. See what they're up to. What are they posting about? What are they thinking about? What's their life like right now? The, the core things that you should understand about your target audience are what delights them? What makes them feel good? What makes them smile? What makes them laugh? It's like all the positive things. On the opposite end of the spectrum, what are they really frustrated with? What, um, what is annoying them? What are they afraid of? So if you can start to understand those feelings, you can create content that is going to knock it out of the park every single time without those, without a basic understanding of those things, it's going to kind of just like hang out in this middle gray area where you can't grow and no one's really connecting and you get some likes for a while, but no one's commenting. Your DMS are dry. Um, and luckily it's easy to fix just by getting clarity on that one thing.
0: So I feel like a lot of Instagram strategy is kind of trial and error. Like, yeah, you, you learn as much as you can about your ideal customer, but then you just try things and some things land and some things don't. When we're trying to figure out what kind of strategy makes the most sense for our business, what metrics do you use to determine like how effective you're being on Instagram?
1: Mm. Well, a great metric is, first of all, sales. So if we are like that earring or the jewelry business example, sales are going to be the biggest thing that is like the ultimate conversion in terms of content creation to see what really lands with your audience. I think comments like meaningful comments are huge. Those are great to have. Saves are good. Um, Another metric that is really underappreciated, but is absolutely enormous and pivotal for account growth is shares. So if people are sharing your posts to their story, holy crap, that is amazing for just organic growth. It's the equivalent of word of mouth marketing. So mm-hmm. if you can get someone to share your post to their story, that is, I guess they can't see a chef's Yeah, fist. they
0: can't see it. <laughs> that's perfection.
1: (laughs) Perfection.
0: So when we think about using Instagram to grow our business, I think the first thing that people usually jump to is like, how can I get as many followers as possible? What would you say to that? Like, are there any tried and true ways that are not shady to actually just get more followers? Or should we just really not be focusing on that and think more about engagement or both?
1: Ooh, there's a lot of ways to dive into this. Um, so we're going to do like a multiple prong approach here. <laughs> if you right now are feeling crappy about the number of followers that you have, congratulations, you're normal. Most people feel that way. You're not stupid. You're not, you don't need to like rack yourself with shame or guilt because you think that this number is important. Um, but there is a little bit, there's some mindset tweaks you can have to make your relationship with Instagram a little bit healthier. So. My assumption, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that when people think that they want more followers, what they actually want is um, like business growth, or they want to really resonate with people. They want to see more comments. They want to see more DMs. They want to feel like they're talking to actual people who are listening rather than just screaming into the void. void. Yeah. The void. Everyone hates yelling into the (laughs) void. I've been there. I hate it too when you don't feel like people are listening, it's easy to just attach that to your number of followers. Like, Oh God, if I only had 10 K, if I only had swipe up, people would hear me. People would comment. People would X, Y, Z fill in the blank. So it's a really easy, um, it's really easy thing to blame your lack of engagement on when in truth, if you have 50 followers, Every single follower is a real person. 50 people, that's a crap ton of people. So I always like to tell people this. If you had to, if I walked up to you right now and I said, Lauren, there is a room waiting for you with 50 people in it. And I would like for you to give an impromptu speech <laughs> on, <laughs> I don't know, dinosaurs. It's at, it has to be 15 minutes long. Go in there, go get them. How would you feel? Yeah, nervous. Yeah, I would absolutely pee my pants. Yeah, I'd hate it. But for some reason, we think that if we put something up on Instagram and it only gets 50 likes, or if we post a story and it only gets 50 views, we're like, oh my God, what a flop. That was so embarrassing. Everybody noticed that nobody liked that. But that is so not true. Like 50 people, that's a lot of people. So I just want to kind of like reality check that everyone's a real person. Um, it doesn't matter the amount of people you have. It matters the quality of your connections. So this is going to be like a suture that goes through this entire conversation is quality over quantity, quality over quantity for your amount of posts, for your amount of stories, for your amount of followers, all of that. So if there it was circling back to wanting account growth. So we know that we don't want account growth of just any people. We don't want to keep like where keep feeling like we're yelling into the void. So if we get, you know, 10,000 new followers, but 0% of them comment 0% DM or vote on our stories or whatever, it's still going to feel like garbage. That's not going to fill that void for us. It might feel good to look at that number and be like, "Ooh, look at me, but you will know that they're not real people. So what we want is engaged followers. We want um, people who are perfect for our account, people who are, are perfect for our the content that we share and who we can really help in some way. Mm-hmm. So in order to find those people to get them to follow us or to just, you know, put it out there, they can follow if they want to. I like to say we're never entitled to a follow, which is why there is never a 100% guarantee of getting a follow from any strategy, unless you're buying robot accounts to follow your account, In which case that's your thing. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Turn them off. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, If you are looking for that intentional account growth with the right people for your content, a great way to do this is through engagement sprints. So really, Instagram strategy does not have to be complicated. Whatever it is that you want on your account is what you need to put out there. So if you want people to be engaging with your posts and loving up your stories and um, just being a really good follower for you, go out there and do that for some other people. Mm Mm-hmm. So you need to find the right people. So again, we have to go back to that target audience that we talked about earlier. What are they posting about on Instagram? What hashtags are they using? Go into those hashtags, spend five minutes interacting with the most recent posts. When your five minutes is up, go to another hashtag your target audience is using. Engage, like leave comments that are meaningful, that are more than just like the hands up emoji. When that five minutes is up, you can either stop there or do another one. Do that once a week. So 15 minutes or 10 minutes once a week, and you're going to start seeing account growth. And it's not going to be a tsunami of like millions of followers overnight. It'll be slow and steady. And that's really good because that means that it's real.
0: It's the right people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have to say
0: that it seems so simple that like... I almost didn't even want to do it. When you first suggested this to me, I was like, "Oh, hold on. Like, I don't want to go sit on hashtags. And like, you know, like that doesn't seem like a good use of my time. I should just be creating more content. But actually, I think what has probably contributed more to any growth I've seen on any of my accounts has been engaging other places, like not being so preoccupied with what am I putting on my own feed, but yeah. Like you said, like the golden rule, what do I want people to do on my account? I want them to like my stuff. I want them to talk to me when I go do that for other people consistently. Like I, I do see growth. It's slow, like you said, but if you give it time, you definitely notice it.
1: Yeah. It's, I want to say it's the only strategy that works for growth. Yeah. I mean, I it kind of, it might be. yeah. 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 And people are right now, people are a lot less likely to hit the follow button. It's, and it's actually a really, really good thing. So people can get frustrated and be like, Oh my God, it's growing so slowly. It used to be so easy to grow, which is true in like 2013, 2014. You could just, you know, post a picture of your coffee mug every morning with good morning as the caption, throw some hashtags on it. You're good. Walk away. Um, your account's going to grow. That's just not the case anymore because there's so much more out there. People are much more discerning. Um, and also, I think that there's like a complete cultural shift currently underway where we are waking up to the fact that if we consume content that makes us feel like garbage, it's going to make us feel like garbage, that mm-hmm. it's going to have a really negative effect on our mental health. And so um, we're seeing some really cool shifts some really needed shifts of us waking up to the fact that our diet isn't just what we put in our mouths. It's the content that we consume on the internet through our phones and so through our email as well. Yeah, it's true. It is. So when you do get a follow, say you get, again, this is quality over quantity. Say you get like two follows in a week, whereas before you might've gotten 100. You know that those two people really resonated with your content. They really like what you're putting out there. And that's why they hit follow because if they felt mediocre about it, they wouldn't hit follow. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, seven years ago, sure. They probably would have.
0: Yeah. So just to summarize your response to this question in terms of getting more followers, which is definitely a vanity metric, but it's one that I feel like everyone is susceptible to. Mm -hmm. Um, You think that you would argue that the best approach to that is to go engage with other people on their content.
1: Yeah. Yep. I think you need some really great pillar content on your own profile. So you need like three really solid posts. You need a good bio that accurately describes what you do. It's great to have some story highlights um going out there and engaging with other people what that's going to do is get them to come look at your content so if when they get there you're a hot mess and everything is totally different day to day mm-hmm. <laughs> no no shame in that game but if people are going to your account and they aren't seeing consistency and it's not a quick read x y and z they aren't going to hit the follow button so if you aren't posting great content but you are engaging, you're going to see a lower rate of people hitting the follow button. Um, But you can pretty quickly get your act together (laughs) and start creating more targeted content um, that will have a higher likelihood of people hitting the follow button. Mm -hmm.
0: I feel like a lot of us, when we started looking at Instagram as a marketing tool, a lot of people focus so much on their feed. And I feel like I started doing Instagram for my business before stories were a thing. And so like my whole, I don't know, like my baseline is to focus a lot on the feed and very little on stories. But I know that you are all about stories. Why are stories different? Why should we care about them? Why should we use them? What is your stance on stories?
1: My stance on stories is that they're a great place to show up And to not have to worry so much about being perfect. Not that you ever have to worry about that in your feed. But it's a place you can show up and be more real. You can have a human connection. It can be more off the cuff, more lifestyle. Um, So I think it's a good place to show up. I do think that there's a big danger there in people becoming almost like addicted to storying. (laughs) I was recently talking to a friend who said that her... Mastermind of women that she works with was talking about they have blue plus sign anxiety. So if you haven't posted a story in 24 hours, you get a blue plus sign over your profile picture. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So these women say that like if they see that it is like Um, triggering to them. They feel like they are not keeping up. They feel like they're falling behind. Uh, They just like spiral out. Hmm. And because of this, they feel like every 24 hours they need to be pumping out more content. And that's just not true. Um, You can absolutely show up on... You can take half the week off of stories and still be an incredibly active account. So again, the quality over quantity and you make the rules, it needs to work well for you and fit into your life. So like, if you are not a story type of person, don't force it. You can show up, you know, once a week on stories, whatever. Think about your own behavior on Instagram. Like Lauren, when you go on Instagram, do you mostly hang out in the feed or hang out in stories?
0: I, I do spend most of my time, I would say, kind of mindlessly in the stories And I've gotten really good at like muting the people. I don't want their stories to come up first, at least. Mm -hmm. Um, So like you were saying, like curating the content that I'm consuming, I have gotten really good at that. And I do think it's a really good thing.
1: Yeah. And to speak to your point of like muting accounts that you're seeing too much, like just noting that that is a behavior that if someone is posting too much, that a lot of their followers will mute them. Like, let that be something that sets you free. Like, let that be something that tells you that you can drop the guilt of feeling like you have to show up every day because you, you 110% do not. Um, And doing so might even be overwhelming your audience and causing them to tune out.
0: Right. So we've talked about the feed and stories. What about other Tools Like they keep releasing new things. There's Instagram Live, <laughs> there's DMS, there's stickers and polls and music. I mean, there's just endless things on Instagram. Yeah. What do you love? Like, what do you find yourself using the most and like being effective for you?
1: Mm. Well, I, do. I hang out in stories way more than I hang out in my feed. I very rarely will scroll my feed. And when I do, I'm just looking for um, content that I think is great that I can show to sweaty social club members and be like, Hey, you guys, here's a post idea. Um, so what I love is hanging out in stories. I love people using the interactive features really creatively, mm-hmm. um, making a a two-way dialogue instead of a one-way street, I think is so much fun. The new features and like stickers and sliders and quizzes and blah, 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 that are always coming out. They can seem, um, I don't, some people might think that it's overwhelming to try to keep up with them. I think it's a great opportunity to just kind of get creative and have fun. So if you are playing with new features, there's going to be a few things that happen. One thing will be that people will be intrigued. They'll be like, Oh my gosh, what is this? What is the the challenge sticker? I've never seen this before. Um, So they'll be intrigued and they'll want to know more. That'll increase their curiosity and make them want to continue watching your stories. The other thing that's going to happen is that It has been rumored, but not 100% confirmed by the Instagram gods that be, um, that if you are a person who uses new features, new stickers, that you are rewarded quote unquote by Hmm. the Instagram gods quote unquote with, um, getting new features sooner when they do roll out. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So I know that one of the reasons that I decided to work with you, Chris, is thinking about content and just sort of sitting in front of my phone every day and being like, what should I post? Like, I I have no idea what to post. It can feel like you're the only one that feels that way, but I think everyone does actually. So can you walk us through a little bit about your content strategy and how you advise your students?
1: I sure can. Branding 101 tells us that a brand is created by repetition. So we become memorable by repeating the same things over and over. People often think when it comes to Instagram and creating content, that you need to reinvent the wheel with the most clever, the most creative, the newest take, something that no one has ever thought of before. And you sure as hell have never said before. Mm -hmm. That is super stressful. And it's also just not true. So on Instagram, we want to become memorable to our audience and we become referable by our audience by repeating content about the same sort of topics over and over. So it can be different iterations. There's a lot we can talk about within um, within a certain topic, but choose our lane <laughs> or our lanes uh, and to stay in them. Within a certain extent. So you should know what it is that you talk about over and over. So we call these like content buckets. So every time you have an idea, you can take that idea and you can drop it in one of your content buckets. So let's say that, um, let's say on my Instagram account, I talk about content creation. I talk about, um, work-life balance. I talk about how to overcome overthinking. I talk about, um social karma. So like the golden rule, if I talk about those things over and over, I can become known as the person who talks about those things. If I, every day I'm sitting down and I'm going to talk about, um, adaptogens today. And tomorrow I'm going to talk about, uh, the time I went to Bali. And the next day I'm (laughs) going to talk about my, the pedicure I got, whatever, then, um, I'm I'm all over the map and people can't refer other people to me because they don't know what I'm all about. So when people come to our page, we want to we want them to see that we talk about the same things over and over. And when they see that, they know what they're gonna get. So we like to know what we're opting in for. And then they're more likely to hit that follow button. So you should have like somewhere between like three and five different topics that you talk about on repeat. And there are so many things you can talk about within your topic. So don't feel like constrained by that this will just kind of help you begin to organize your thoughts. And then when you are out on a walk with your dog, or you're in the shower, or you're in the hot tub, or wherever it is that you have your genius ideas, and if something pops up in your head, you can open up your phone, create a note in your notes app for each of your different buckets and just drop that idea in there. And the next time you sit down and you want to create content, you don't have to start from scratch. The scariest thing in the world is to sit in front of a blank page. Mm-hmm. You know that artist. Yeah. to do yourself a big favor and to just get a step ahead constantly. You can take all your genius ideas and start organizing them, start dropping them somewhere. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be high tech. It can just literally be you talking into your notes app and collecting your ideas.
0: You also talk about um, particularly, I think, with stories, but like repeatedly showing different parts of your lifestyle. So with you and I both, we love hot tubs. So we'll, we'll have some Instagram stories from the hot tub. You do a lot of walks with your dog through the woods. What is the like strategy behind repeating elements, repeated elements in your stories?
1: Mm hmm. So this is just a super fun, very basic thing that everyone listening can implement literally today. Um, it's going to make you memorable to your people. It's going to um, add some flavor. So It's going to like add some spices to the (laughs) soup that you're serving up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just going to get you a lot more engagement because it'll give people a way to connect with you that's not super high pressure, that's not around sales, that's not around your service or offering, just a way to connect as people. So we know, just like we said, from basic branding, things don't sink in until they're repeated. Um so creating consistency doing things over and over again makes you memorable. So you can do this in really small ways like just picking an emoji that you always use and every time you leave a comment you incorporate that emoji. That's a super low key easy thing to do. With stories what I love to recommend to people is to think of something that like your best friend would say that you're obsessed with. So if you can pick one thing that you really love, bonus points if it is represented visually very easily. This could be something that your best friend would say, like, she is obsessed with this. It could be mac and cheese. It could be uh, cute dogs. It could be taking naps. It could be hot tubs. It can be champagne, whatever it is. One thing that is totally you. And then begin to post a story about it consistently. It doesn't have to be like your, your, work, your life's work. Like it doesn't yeah. have to be a masterpiece. It can be so dumb and so simple um, and just have fun with it. So a couple times a week or maybe once a week, the frequency is up to you. Start incorporating this thing in your stories. It's going to blow your mind what starts to happen. (laughs) And what's going to happen is that you'll see engagement like you've never seen before in your life. So for example, I haven't done this in a while because mornings are rough with my kid right now. (laughs) But back in the day, I used to and I still do always keep um, under iPads in the refrigerator. So I keep them cold. I wake up in the morning. I put them under my eyes. Ah, It's like my, my moment of bliss in the mm-hmm. morning. So I used to use that as an anchor point so that I could take a story and the story would just be a dumb boomerang of me sipping a coffee with my under iPads on or like my hand taking them out of the fridge. It was an anchor point that I created stories around. I have never had more story visibility and more direct messages than when I was doing those. It is absurd. I can post something educational that takes me two hours to put together, and it will never get as much engagement as a two second boomerang of just like those dumb under iPads.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> The other cool thing that happens is that people will start to think of you when they see that thing. So, um, I have a friend, Diane, who is a nutritionist and she has a recipe for a salted caramel latte or a salt, no, a salted mocha latte. And so like once a week, she'll post herself, like pouring it from the Vitamix into her mug and she shares the recipe for it. Then people post to their stories. They make her recipe, they post to their stories and they tag her. Same thing happened with the under iPads. People would DM me, where did you get those? I would send them the link and then they would post an Instagram story and they would tag me in it or they would get their own iPads and tag me in it. So it's just opening up a channel that is so low pressure for you to start to build a relationship with somebody and just just have fun. This is more like how relationships organically happen in real life. So it just feels fun and easy um, and it makes, it makes a personal connection where there might not have been one before when you start having those kind of low key, easy, fun relationships, friendships online, it makes it so much easier when, you know, in a month, they've got a question about Instagram, or they know someone who lives down the street who might need support with their product launch, things like this, you never know where they might lead to. Um, So I just think that that is such a good way to take some pressure off your plate, not having to think about, what the heck am I going to post today? So it's going to give you something that, you know, you can come back to and lean on and it's going to open up just some fun relationships that you might not have had otherwise.
0: I love the idea of, let's say I love macaroni and cheese. Like if someone's out at a grocery store and they see macaroni and cheese, if they've been hit over their head from me sending them like constants or me posting constant stories with macaroni and cheese, Like they're probably going to think of me in context outside of just the app, which is, I guess, what we're all wanting. So that's a really good point.
1: Yeah, it just kind of feels like real life, you know, like I have a friend who just like melts into a puddle for Ryan Gosling. (laughs) And so like if I'm flipping through Netflix and I see he's got a new movie, I'm just going to like snap a pic and send it to her and let her know. So it's that same sort of thing. Again, it's not recreating the wheel. It's just taking the cool things, the fun things about having friendships and relationships in real life and translating it into a new format.
0: Mm -hmm. So Chris, another thing I loved learning about through your program was your philosophy on the different kind of types of posts that um, you would recommend people think about when they're creating their content. Can you walk us through those a little bit?
1: Mm hmm. So there are four different types of posts or post purposes. So before we just hop into the app and go crazy trying to think of the perfect thing to post, it's good to just sort of take it a few steps back, have a little intentionality surrounding why am I posting this? What, what is it that I'm trying to do here? What am I trying to give my audience? Because it is about giving, we want to be sure that we're giving value most of the time. Um, and that is going to create an account that is follow worthy. So the four different types of posts are educational posts, inspiring posts, entertaining, and humanizing. An educational post that it's pretty straightforward. It educates, it teaches your audience something that they need to know. So this could be like answering your most frequently asked question. It could be uh, like a step-by-step lesson or a mini training. An inspiring post. These are performing very well right now. Um, <laughs> shocker, it inspires your audience. So it makes them want to take action. It gives them hope. This is usually something like a motivational quote, but it can also be something like a testimonial or a story of someone that has achieved something incredible. The next type is entertaining. An entertaining post makes people laugh. It helps them escape from reality. Um, It makes them feel like they're understood. So usually um, an entertaining post can look like a meme or like a gamified post. It makes you laugh. You're like, oh my gosh, they totally understand what's happening in my life right now. A humanizing post, um, and this could be a story. Stories are very humanizing, is a post that makes your audience feel connected to you. It lets them know that there's a heartbeat. There's a real person behind the account. So this can be a personal story. This could be how you got here or why you started your business. It could be as simple as an introduction and like five things you need to know about me. So educate, inspire, entertain, and humanize. Awesome. Let's shift gears
0: a little bit and talk about something you touched on a bit earlier, which is mental health and social media. I know you have a stance on boundary setting when it comes to social media, I'd love to hear you share your thoughts there.
1: Mm-hmm. I have a lot to say on this um, because I think that not a lot of us are talking about it, but uh, 100% of us are affected by this. I don't know anyone who hasn't at some time felt like they have an unhealthy relationship with their social media apps. So if you are finding yourself like scrolling for hours or, Um, consuming other people's content and not ever creating any of your own, or if you're just overall feeling like kind of icky about your habits in the app, you're totally normal. Um, But just by having like that little bit of awareness, that's where it starts is like, Hey, maybe this doesn't feel good or like maybe I didn't even tell my thumb to do this. And now I'm five minutes deep scrolling this app. I have a few quick and dirty tips that I can share. You want me to dive into them, Lauren?
0: Yes, please.
1: Okay, so the first thing that I love to tell people is to move your app icon. So your Instagram app icon, this is the smallest, it seems like the dumbest thing in the world. But honestly, it makes such a huge difference. Chances are that your thumb, if it's anything like mine, Mm -hmm. this dirty devil will just go into (laughs) autopilot and click on Instagram before my actual conscious brain makes the decision to do it. It is seriously muscle memory. Um, So confuse your big old thumb (laughs) by moving your app icon. So I will take my app icon and move it to the farthest to the right home screen. And just by doing that, you have to work a little bit harder to get it. Your brain has a chance to intercept your thumb when it starts to go for it. Um, And it can just help you kind of reprogram that muscle memory. Again, it seems so small and so dumb, but it's worth a try. Mm Mm-hmm. The next thing that I recommend is to clean up your digital space. So we talked about this a little bit earlier. We are getting more savvy to how our diet isn't just what we eat. It's also the content that we consume. I invite you to get really conscious, get really intentional and grounded in your body and scroll through your feed. Is there anything in there that makes you feel a little bit anxious? Is there anything triggering to you or that makes you feel less than like you're not doing enough? If so, it's time to rethink if you should be following that account. And that's not to say that the person creating that content is bad, but that's just to draw your own boundary. A good example of this is um, the Tone It Up Girls on Instagram. Do you know who they are? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're great. They're awesome. They do um, workouts and they're all about good vibes. They've got like by whatever standards, like the perfect bodies. After I had my baby, I was following them on Instagram. I was struggling with my own body image. I, the last thing I needed was to see workouts, was to see anyone talking to me about diet. Um, I, didn't, I did not need to see anyone who didn't have a huge C-section scar in a mm-hmm. bikini, to be honest with you, because of the mental state that I was in in that time. And so I made the decision for myself to unfollow them. And I know that they were cool with it. I'm sure they totally noticed. (laughs) Just kidding. You're holding a grudge. Yeah. So the the thing that I'm trying to say behind that is that there's nothing wrong with what they're doing. But for me, it wasn't what I needed to be consuming at that time. So later on, maybe I will not struggle with those things anymore. And it'll be healthy for me to follow them. In that case, maybe I'll be back. Maybe I won't. So I invite you to just have the same sort of awareness um, because you deserve it.
0: I feel like that goes both ways too. like, yes, unfollow the things that make you feel like to use that example with, with like body image, like, yes, unfollow any accounts that by no fault of their own, even just like, don't sit right with you or kind of send you spiraling in any way, but also like go find the accounts that, you know, are going to, when you see them, like that's going to have a positive impact on your mental health.
1: Hell Yes. And that is one of the next ones I was going to say, which is to, once you kind of cleaned it up, invite some good in. So just spend a few minutes finding accounts that you find valuable or uplifting. So if there's just one you can think of that you're like, oh my gosh, when I see what she posts, it makes my day. It's always something that feels like exactly what I needed to see that day. It just like gives me a burst of energy and I love it. You can go to their page, check out related accounts just by clicking the down arrow to the uh, underneath their bio, and that'll give you accounts that are similar. So that's a good place to start going down the rabbit hole, but in a really good way.
0: Let's talk about using business for good. So, what comes to mind for you when we talk about using our small businesses to do good in the world?
1: The first thing that comes to mind, to be honest with you, is businesses who are making bank. And donating a bunch of money to nonprofits is my knee-jerk reaction.
0: I think a lot of people have a similar reaction to that of like, we're only making a positive impact if we are doing these huge acts of charity or like philanthropy. But I know you have a couple of other things up your sleeve when it comes to doing good. How do you approach that in your business?
1: I love the way that you challenge that first thought when it comes to doing good as a business. Like, I think it's so cool and interesting because honestly, when you first asked me to be on this, my knee-jerk reaction was like, I don't do good. Do, <laughs> like, I, do the, I don't know.
0: The most good. It makes
1: me, <laughs> yeah. Or feeling like, um, I don't donate, you know, a million dollars per year to whatever cause. Um, so I think it's really cool how you've opened up the door for a bigger conversation on how we can make a difference in smaller ways. One way that I think we can all make a difference that costs $0 and 0 cents is to be really mindful of the way that we show up on Instagram, to be really mindful of the way that we show up in the content that we're consuming, because we know we're all becoming so hyper aware of the way that the content that we create can have such a big influence on us. We hear the word influencer and think it's normal. But if you really think about the word influencer, like someone who has influence over someone else. So how can we step up, be leaders, and be really responsible for the energy behind the content that we put out there, knowing that someone is going to take it in? This is why I think it's so important to have a well-rounded strategy in the content that you create. So you make sure that you are inspiring your people. Um, If what they need today is a big laugh, is a dumb meme, Mm -hmm. maybe that's what you provide and honestly like that can be a really good thing i've joked at points in my life that like memes were my therapy Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so you never know who really needs to see the thing that you're putting out there so take i think taking responsibility behind the energy behind the content that you create um is a way that you can put a lot of good out there how can you give a bit of love how can you give some calm how can you give some um connection to people who need it?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it also has to be something that feels good for you too. So if you are not like a live, laugh, love type of person, I'm not saying that you have to fake it and try to be the sort of like motivational quote font type of gal. If you're not, I think that, but we all have something in us that will inspire and that will entertain and that will educate and whatever, provide value to our audience in these ways. So social media, your social media presence is a way that you can, for zero dollars and zero cents, show up and do good. It's going to make you memorable to your people too. If you can get somebody to feel something, if you can get them to feel something positive, hooey! That's huge. That is huge.
0: Yeah, I think you do this so well. Like everyone listening. I'm sure you've already done so, but go to Sweaty Wisdom on Instagram. And if you scroll through Chris's feed, it's just like every single post. It makes you feel like you're not alone. It provides you some information that you can like go use immediately. It's not just like theoretical. It's like, no, go do this practical thing now. So if you want some great inspiration around like someone who puts a lot of positive energy and like vibes into the world, go follow Chris at Sweaty Wisdom for sure. I know you also, you use the example of a big company donating a ton of money. Um, I know you do some, some giving personally too. And I, what I like about your approach is that it's not trying to be like formulaic or structured. It's just sort of like, how can I make a difference somewhere? Like maybe provide a couple examples of some of the giving that you've done just to give people ideas.
1: Yeah. my, view of giving as a company has evolved quite a bit. Um I thought in the beginning I thought that I had to be really traditional and um like have this plan and this is the percentage and here are my um causes that I donate to. And I that's not the type of person I am. I'm more of like a free flowing intuitive person. Um so what I do now is that I make sure that just you know like each quarter I find what like very small, generally purpose or company could use some help. And then I just under the radar contribute. Um, and it doesn't have to be a million dollars. So an example of this is like last month, uh, one of my favorite yoga studios that's owned by two women that are just the most incredible people, Um, they were really struggling then to shut their doors and they Mm -hmm. couldn't have classes. And it just happened basically overnight. So uh, my donation to them was to pay for them to get um, a paid Zoom subscription so that they could broadcast. And they have been teaching one class a day, every single day since quarantine started. So to think about, I mean, that investment, it was not a it was not a crap ton of money, to be honest with you. Um, but I can see like with my eyeballs how many people it's affected. And that feels so good.
0: Yeah, like the entire community of people who are able to continue doing yoga because because they can connect online. I love the the thought of just it's not about like maximizing the dollar amount. It's about being really thoughtful about what can actually make a difference in people's lives. And sometimes, like you said, that's $0. It's like being super kind to someone when maybe you don't have to be. Um, and like, hopefully that creates a ripple effect of them doing the same, but I just, yeah, I really love the relaxed approach to just doing good. Like, it's not something that has to be like advertised or even formal process. It's just like something to kind of have in the back of your mind.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that even within um, your own community of people that you work with or your customers, there are ways that you can show up and just surprise and delight them and just make their day a little bit more fun. Like last month, I sent out gifts to members who have been in the social club for three months that said like, happy three month anniversary. (laughs) And it's just sort of fun to like, Show up in a way that you know is going to make somebody smile. Like, who doesn't love to get something in the mail? It's, yeah. it's the smallest thing, but just some fun things like that. Um, I don't know if that necessarily falls into the category of doing good. I think good. so, yeah. But just, like, thinking of ways to make people happy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know what? The cool thing that comes full circle is that it's so much fun for you.
0: yeah. Okay. So Chris, before we wrap up, I want to make sure this is super actionable for everyone. If you could pick three things that anyone listening, if once they're done listening to the podcast, they hang it up and they go on Instagram right now and do three things that are going to make a difference for them. What would you suggest?
1: Three things. Okay. So if you have three things to do right after you get off this podcast, open up your Instagram account, go to a hashtag that you know your target audience is using. Go into the most recent and comment on five posts. Leave a meaningful comment. If they asked a question, answer the question. If they didn't ask a question, refer to something specific in the caption or something specific in the photo that lets them know that you paid attention. So five people, these types of comments are going to take a little bit longer. So it's not going to be super quick, but it will be meaningful. Okay, so that's your first thing is to go comment on five posts. Your next thing is to find a post that you really like and to share it to your stories. When you share it to your story, be sure to tag the creator of it. So just by sharing it to your story, they're not going to get a notification. If you tag them in it, they will get a notification. Mm. So someone whose content that you love or a business owner that you admire, share that to your stories, tag them in it. For the final thing, I would say to post a story... Where you just heart open, say your purpose for being on Instagram. Oof. Why are you here? What do you want to do? Ouch. I know. That's a hard one. That's like <laughs> that is a tough one. Advanced
0: level. I know. Why? I'm curious about that one.
1: About the last one?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think a lot of us don't do it. And then we assume people know, but they don't, or maybe they forget. And I think it's so refreshing for someone to just say, I'm here to help with this thing. And I hope that you get this, this, and this out of my page. Love Number it. three is optional. That's advanced. That's, That's if you extra credit. Want. But
0: That's if you do credit. it,
1: let us know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If you do it, tag me. Tag me and Lauren both. Yeah.
0: Tag Sweaty Wisdom and Making Good podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so let's get into the final few questions. The first one is, what's a business that you admire?
1: Ooh, a business that I admire. There are so many incredible, freaking women running amazing businesses that blow my mind every single day. That just light me up when I open Instagram. One in particular that I'm going to mention. Her name is Olivia Celine, and she is um, an intuitive mentor and a Reiki master. And she helps people learn how to heal themselves. Um, And she is really focused on um, embodying femininity, like the relationship with the divine feminine. And yeah, Olivia, the way that she shows up on Instagram really inspires me because she has such beautiful boundaries. You know, as an intuitive person, she really is aware of her own energy. And so to be able to watch her navigate the space of Instagram is so inspiring and refreshing for me. So Olivia Celine, that's Olivia, S-E-L-I-N-E.
0: Okay. Um, what is a business book that you would recommend?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. My business book is not specifically a business book, but it would be Untamed by Glennon Doyle because I just finished it last night and I can't handle the fact that it's over. <laughs> I just think it's so... It was so illuminating for me um, in terms of reconnecting back to your own inner knowing. It can be really easy to want to seek out answers every single other place. Um, But I love the way that she grounds her message in like, you already know. You already know. You just have to tune into your own inner knowing. So I absolutely loved that book. Can I have one more? Oh, please. Yes. Okay. My other one would be Find Your F Yeah, which is by Alexis Rockley. Have you ever read that?
0: Mm
1: -mm. Um, she is a psychology certified business coach. So she helps you understand your brain from like a scientific perspective. So she can explain to you like why it feels good to put something off until the very last minute or she just debunks, um, things with science.
0: Mm -hmm. Love. Okay. So finally, how can people connect with you further? So where can they find you online? Um, and in this, could you talk a little bit about the program Sweaty Social Club? Because I think everyone should at least know about it.
1: Heck yeah, I can. So not surprisingly, you can find me on Instagram. Really, I've pared back my social media so much that I've, I've put all my eggs in one basket. That basket <laughs> is Instagram. So I'd love to connect with you there. My name is just Sweaty Wisdom on Instagram. Shoot me a DM and let me know that you came from the podcast so I can know that you're super Cool. and then sweaty social club is my membership community um, where we just support the crap out of each other on instagram um it's a co-working membership so we show up and work together we have dedicated focus time to create content so it doesn't keep moving to the bottom of the to-do list over and over Uh, we have accountability so that you can set a goal and make sure you achieve it then more importantly, you can have people who celebrate you when you achieve it. That's a piece that's missing for a lot of us. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of community and there's monthly reports on what's working now. So you can take the guesswork and all the time spent researching out of the equation. And it's just the most fun place to be. I love it. It's the
0: most fun. And the
1: Slack channel is hopping. Slack channel is hopping. Yeah. Oh, and if anyone listening to this wants a June 2020 pre-made content calendar, um, if you're just like stressing out and it feels like another weight on your shoulders to have to show up on Instagram and think about what to post, I have a pre-made content calendar that can serve as an inspiration point for you or you can customize to be your own. Um, And if you would like that, just shoot me a DM at Sweaty Wisdom and say, making good and I will hook you up. Okay, cool. Well, thank you
0: so much, Chris, for coming on and for being so generous with your knowledge and just I love your approach to Instagram. So I think it'll be great for people to hear. Thanks, Lauren. Oh, my goodness. Do you have pages of notes? I do. One of my key takeaways from this conversation is that doing good can be as simple as looking around and asking yourself how you can be helpful, how you can provide value how you can give your audience something that will make their day better. Chris says, take responsibility for the content and energy that you put out into the world. And I love this. I hope that we'll all follow Chris's example of finding ways to do real immediate good and thinking outside the box about it. So in her case, she funded the Zoom for her yoga studio, The Sky's the Limit. I also loved her point that we become memorable through repetition. So we don't have to reinvent the wheel every time we post. In fact, it's better that we don't. We can do this through both things that relate to our business and by posting little moments from our lifestyle that people start to associate with us. So Chris gave the example of her under eye patches. For me, it's taking hot tubs. (laughs) You can get creative. Okay, another gem from this conversation. When it comes to growing your audience, The magic solution is engaging with others. We don't need to worry so much about what we're posting on our own feed and constantly posting every single day. We need to think about the golden rule, doing for others what we would want them to do for us. This sounds really simple and straightforward, but I have to tell you, it works. Finally, when I asked Chris what metrics she thinks are important, I thought she would jump straight in with social media analytics, number of likes, followers, saves, etc but she had such a smart answer. She said, sales. It doesn't matter how many likes or followers or messages or whatever you get. If you're not making sales, you don't have a business. So one of my goals with this podcast is that it's as actionable as possible, that you can turn it off after this episode is over and go implement some steps right now that you'll start to see results from. So Chris gave us three steps. Number one, go do what Chris calls an engagement sprint. So go to a hashtag that your target audience uses and leave a meaningful comment on five posts. Number two, find a post that you like from someone else and share it to your stories. Make sure that you tag them. And number three, extra credit for the overachievers, because this is a bit of a tough one for some of us, but go on Instagram stories and speak candidly to the camera about what your purpose is for using Instagram are you hoping that your audience gets out of following you and if you do this seriously it is extra credit tag at sweaty wisdom and at making good podcasts so we can cheer you on chris had an amazing offer for all of the listeners of this podcast that trust me you should take her up on she has offered her content guide for june if you would like to get it from her just direct message her on instagram at sweaty wisdom and she will send it right over And then if you're looking for community and accountability, not to mention amazing guidance from Chris, consider joining Sweaty Social Club. I'm a member and I could not recommend it more. DM her for more details on that too. You can find everything we mentioned in this episode at the show notes, which are located at makinggoodpodcast.com slash five. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to leave a rating and review. Not only would I so enjoy seeing what you think, it will help us get in front of other people who could also do good with their businesses. Thank you so much for tuning in and talk to you next time.